Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. You can afford the Yamaha Pacifica. Go for it because it'll never, it won't let you down. Um, you made um, Matt Oliver very yeah. happy with that. <laughs> we did, a, did we do like a whole episode oh, on Yamaha yeah, Pacifica at one point? <laughs> Greetings, welcome to another Guitar Smarts podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. This week we are very privileged to be joined by a fantastic guitar teacher based down here in the southeast of England. Uh, guitar Smarts are welcoming Matt Lake to the conversation today, who's going to take us through what it means to be a guitar teacher, um, his life leading up to being a guitar teacher, what he loves about it, and, uh, and what he's learned from it, and how students continue to push him and, and, uh, and make him a better guitarist and a better teacher. Remember to like us on our social media pages. Come and have a chat with us there. We like to hear back from our listeners and to, uh, to get listener questions. Um, and it's always good to get feedback from you about what you're enjoying about the podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts. And you can also find us on Instagram at guitar underscore smarts. And remember, if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. Please like us so that you, you get the podcast delivered to your device as soon as it's released. That really helps us to grow our show. Anyway, let's get to it. Hi, Kieran. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, Matt. This is going to be very confusing today, isn't it? Because we have got two mats. We've got yeah, two mats on the show, uh, which is which is amazing. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really good, Matt uh, Oliver. Fantastic, <laughs> Matt Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> have you found much time for guitar this week? Uh, I have found yeah some some more time for trying to become and channel Richie Sambora this week. Uh, less less time <laughs> for trying to work on my music theory, which is. Oh, it's the, it's the bane of my life, isn't it? It's like, right, should I sit down and do some music theory or should I sit down and see how fast I can make this lick? So next week will be all about theory for me. That's not really. Do you know what? <laughs> learning music theory is kind of like, it's like you're going down like a, like a sink in all the water spinning around and you don't know whether you should be going down or try and fight against it. It's, it's actually. What am I meant to be doing with this? Uh, do I just take all the information or do I kind of learn how to apply it? You know, it's anyway. Well, but 
The wonderful thing is, is that as I've been doing this, I've been, I have had little light bulb moments already, but then that makes me go, oh, well, I'm just going to spend like the next three weeks just, just playing with that. And, and then I kind of go, oh, oh, I need to go back to the book again now. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's been good. I've been, um, changing some strings and setups on some of my guitars this week just to, to, to make them a bit easier to play. Lockdown is having, wreaking havoc with kind of just, not being able to play heavier gauge strings in the way that I used to. So yeah, moving lighter in some string gauges and stuff. But how about you? What you've been what you've been doing this week? I've just been working. Um work has been mental this week. So guitar oh, playing's okay. taken a backseat. I did manage to find a little bit of time the other evening just to finish the rewiring of my Les Paul, my old Epiphone, which I've had for like nearly twenty years now. And it's just yeah, revitalized the guitar. Finally got rid of some really crap components that I put in there few years ago but that's it that's it for me this week just a just a little bit of noodling nice. and, a, and a bit of set at work but let's get on with it because we've got another guest today we have super yeah, exciting we have. yeah i can't wait to to chat to to to, to matthew late today matt lake uh, he's a he's a dear friend of mine um but he is uh, an incredible guitarist who uh i've got to know over the years um as a performing artist for uh, you know, many of the, the local bands uh, in the area, uh, Von Lugers, DLB. <clears throat> He's been playing guitar for, you know, uh, well over 20 years. Uh, but the reason we've got him on the show is he is a fantastic guitar teacher, which uh, a lot of the, the local musicians testify. If you, if you, if you want to get sharper and you need some lessons, go and see Matt. Right. So I thought, what a, what a, what a, what a thing we could do on the on the podcast to have a day in the life of a guitar teacher, someone that has to sit in front of students all day and, and listen to them and have the infinite patience to coach them through some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast over the last kind of few weeks. So uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to the show, Matthew Lake. Oh, thank you for having me. Brilliant, right. brilliant to have you. It's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So look. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fair to say that you are, um, really held in high regard as a, as a, as a guitar teacher. And, you know, I, what I want to first kind of start off with is, is, is how did you know this is what you wanted to do? How did you, how did you kind of set your sights on, on, on spending a life in music? I don't, it wasn't like a thing that I decided straight away that I wanted to do. I started playing guitar when I was about 13 and I'd played other instruments before and done the whole, I didn't practice and parents didn't want to pay for lessons if I'm not going to practice <laughs> and all that stuff. And then I found this guitar in, in the roof of my parents' house that my mum played and gave up when she was a kid. And it just, I found it fascinating. I genuinely thought I'd have it wrapped up in a couple of years. I thought this would be, you know, and then the more I kind of realised <laughs> that there was so much stuff involved, the more I just got into it. And then uh, one of my first jobs was DIing potatoes at a chip shop for like two quid an hour when I was like 14. And I, I misheard that. I misheard that completely when you said DIing potatoes at a chip yeah, shop. Yeah. Like, I was just like, how do you put, how do you put a potato into a desk? <laughs> I wasn't even allowed. I was not using an amp for it. You're just putting the no, potato no. straight into the mixing desk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so it was nothing to do with music. And uh, I was doing, it was like two quid an hour. So it was like a cash in hand kind of, and one of my mum's friends, a family friend, had a son who wanted to play guitar. Again, I don't think she wanted to kind of go down the road of getting a full-on teacher and paying full price. And I needed 
bit of cash and said, do you want to teach my son for five quid an hour? And I was like, well, I was only making two quid an hour. So I started doing it, got on really, and I knew this kid for a very long time anyway. Um, He's probably only five years younger than me. Um, And then one of his friends wanted lessons. And so I did that. And and then it just kind of snowballed a little bit to when I went to, and and this is all while I was at school. And then I finished school and carried on teaching. And I didn't really make a thing of it. People, friends of friends just kept asking for lessons. And and then I'd kind of help them with their GCC performances and stuff, because that's what I did. And, And then, yeah, then I took a gap year. I went to ACM for two years. Then I took a gap year and with the idea of seeing what would happen if I just carried on. And I just met a few people along the way and got some more students. And I did, my parents were like, oh, you, you know, you're quite into this. Why don't you go? And they found a city and guilds delivering learning course, which was very uncool at the time. I did it and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. And it just became one of those things where as a student, because I went on to university, I could go and work in a bar or I could teach guitar. And by that point, I was like, well, I could probably charge £10 an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's better than four quid, five quid minimum wage, whatever it was at the time. So it just fitted around everything. And then I just, I got a school when I was at university through through someone I knew. And it just carried on like that. It just kept going. And I really love it. I kind of, kind of decided that I really liked it. And it was a nice way to have a, a normal life without having to gig or, you know, I could do all the normal things as well that I wanted to do aside from music. And it just kind of panned out like that really. And um, yeah, it's just ca- carried on and it's just something I really love to do. That's amazing. So, so where are you at now in your kind of teaching profession? So you teach for, for schools, you have private pupils as well, right? So you're, how, how often are you teaching in, in any given week? So in, in term time, I'm at school, I teach in three different schools, mm-hmm. two, two junior schools and one's, one's a senior slash sixth form college. So that takes up to about three o'clock every day from 7.38 in the morning. Um, and then I teach, I've probably got about 20 private students at the moment that I fit in after school. So um, so yeah, all day, every day. And then obviously in the holidays, some school students want to carry on and some people go on holiday and you just kind of, it's a bit more flexible in the in the holidays but um but yeah so that's where i'm at at the moment just just, te- just teaching a lot actually but and and you've always I, I i the thing that i i love speaking to you about is you have a real passion for for your instrument <clears throat> i mean you're you're an incredible six string guitar player as well as bass player and you've always just come across as someone that just really loves their instrument and really loves music and 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 you know you your theory knowledge is 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 superb as well and you and you're a gigging musician so you know what what an incredible you know mix to have of of all of those kind of different uh facets to be to be teaching to be helping people you know get better at guitar but also be out there as a gigging musician and 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 playing all the time and making making a living from it man that's 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 really cool yeah i love it i um my aim i guess when i start I, I always kind of knew from the when i started to look at colleges at school i kind of knew that music was the thing and at the time we went to lots of colleges looking at sound stuff because I don't know why but at the time lots of people were saying to me that's that's the that's where the living is you know learn the tech side of things and we went to ACM to their open day and I just walked into the guitar room and I was like yeah I don't like I'm not into sound I just you know Mm -hmm. I mean I am into sound in the sense from if a guitar makes it but I'm not I don't want to sit there for hours EQing a snare drum do you know what I mean I want to I want to play the guitar (laughs) Um, not there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not my thing, you know. Um, No, torture. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my, you know, I remember my dad saying to me, you know, I don't know how this is going to go, but you, if this is what you want to do, then you should probably try and do something with it. And my aim has always been to just 
play and teach, make a living out of music. I don't, I didn't have anything particular that I was like, I'm going to, I'm aiming for this. My aim was just to, wouldn't it be nice to get to 65, 70 and look back at a life of guitar playing? And that's, oh yeah. You know, that's kind well, of I've always, I've always kind of said to myself, you know, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, there are times when it is a job, you know, yeah. like anyone else's jobs <laughs> that, you know, when you have rep- like at school, particularly, you have to write reports, do parents' evenings and do perform. And it's all good stuff. But like, sometimes you'll get the odd week where I expect Christmas is the killer because you get every school wants to do a Christmas performance. So yeah. you're, you're involved, which is great. But also you've got gigs, Christmas gigs tend to be writing reports at the same time. So you get kind of like, you end up with like two weeks before they break up of like, just you don't go to bed. Well, I don't. I just end up going, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to be here and I've got to be there. And, you know, and also, obviously none of the schools are related to each other. So you have to manage that time on your own, you know, you know, and, and schools, they're not overly worried about what the other school is doing. They, 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 you know, they don't want you to kind of, you can't be in two places at once. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, it can get pretty, but then, you know, but then you kind of sit back and go, well, yeah, if I had two busy weeks, solid weeks, and all I did was play guitar and help people play guitar and that's not much to moan about at all, really. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, I was going to yeah. say, uh, I, you are one of the hardest working uh, musicians I personally know and how full your days are. And we'll talk a little bit in a minute about how, you know, you've adapted during COVID and, and uh, the, the kind of lockdowns. Um, and I know you've just kept yourself incredibly busy and grown your business in that way. But um, I'm not going to feel too sorry for you because even though no, as hard as as hard as you work, <laughs> you still have like the coolest job that I envy so much, which is you get you get to do your passion every day, man, mm. and you get to yeah. work really hard, and you do work phenomenally hard, and you do it with a guitar in your hand 80 percent of the time. And I I just love that. I, I tell I tell people about you in my in my kind of professional career, which is very different to, to what we do on the podcast about somebody that that kind of set his mind on something that he wanted to achieve and do and make a career out of and uh and you've absolutely kind of epitomized that and uh yeah you're you're a very busy man Mm, yeah it's good it's really cool i just love guitar in any shape or form really so i've got no issue with sitting with a seven-year-old learning a d chord um last last night i was teaching a guy the jump solo and that was really cool as well (laughs) You know, really so it's like you get, you get, wow. you get all, all, and it, it makes you, I don't know what other guitar teachers feel like, but I've definitely got better because of, because of it. Because sometimes you get someone say, I really want to learn this crazy metal song that's in like drop B and it's like impossibly difficult. And you think, well, okay, so how am I going to do that? You know, and then you'll find that there's nowhere online that's got uh, sheet music tabs. That, like, So you're there going, right, I've got to work this out, you know, yeah. um, or work out the main riff or, you know, so it's quite good. It pushes you. It pushes you. Keeps you sharp. Keeps mm. you sharp. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think in any walk of life, right? Uh, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, like one of the ways to get better is to put yourself into situations and play with other musicians where, you know, they keep you sharp and they keep you learning. So, and you're talking about that from a teaching perspective, it's kind of keeping you sharp by having to learn stuff that you wouldn't necessarily normally learn. And uh, mm. uh so, so what what does the most rewarding kind of student look like for you? You've spoken about two two extremes there, right? It's just you know teaching a seven year old a, a D chord versus teaching somebody an Eddie Van Halen solo. What 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 you know uh, gives you the most kind of rewarding feedback from from teaching somebody? Obviously, it's re- like 
as teaching the more advanced stuff is fun because when you have a student who especially one you've taught for a while so you've seen the journey from you know the the guy I was teaching last night is he's 18 I started teaching him when he was 11 and he's really gone from he's gone through all the stages not doing a lot you know then doing all the stuff that I didn't ask him to do then do it you know and now he's and he's we've covered it all and that's really rewarding to look back and go oh that's a Mm. that's a really nice journey that we've been on and we have a nice relationship and you know what's also really nice about that kind of thing is you know I can see me ringing him up asking him to come and dep in you know once he's got a driver license and he's been to uni and all you know if he wants I'll be asking him if he wants some gigs you know so that's a really cool thing and then but I also really love it when the penny drops with anything with kids you know like kids or adults or when they've been struggling to I don't know change from c to g they do it and you're like yes well done you've broken yeah. you've broken down one barrier let's carry on you know I find the whole thing quite rewarding and even when you get people that don't really know what they what they want with from it or why they're doing it or or they find it really difficult and they're in a rut it's rewarding to kind of help them break it down look at it look at it differently most of the time it's looking at things a different way i think um you have to sometimes approach things in more than one way to find out how you best learn so yeah just, i think you have to you have to help people get out of their own way sometimes don't yeah you? yeah yeah and sometimes people think that people really want to be able to do this and the goal is too big it's not that it shouldn't be a goal it's just that this this goal has five subsections that you have to get through but yeah i just anyone who's just given it a good old go and like you say getting out of their own way sometimes listening to to what i have to say and, and challenging me sometimes i've got a student who goes out of his way to find me examples of people doing things differently to how I said he should do them. Um, <laughs> and I love it. And I love it because it, it always sparks a conversation of like, so yeah, okay. <clears throat> That's a good example. Mark Knopfler. Well, he never used a plectrum. So it's all good for me not to use a plectrum. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, of course it's totally cool. But, you know, do you want to only be able to play like Mark Knopfler or do you want to develop your own thing? So learn both, you know, but it's quite cool. And I find that really rewarding as well, just because it's like, right, you, you're, challenging me here and we're going to find a way mm. for you to see that you know you can if you can skin the cat in all sorts of different ways you're going to be a more versatile guitarist in the long run you know yeah that's cool so sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation however if you've made it this far you should probably subscribe to the guitar smarts podcast you can do that in your favorite podcast app go and do that now and then come back to the show let's get back to it I've got I've got a question for you. Yeah, you're a left-handed guitarist. I am. You are. So, um, has it was was learning guitar for you more difficult because of that? And has that informed how you teach people? I remember when I first started playing, I got given a book. My parents weren't. They were like, "See how you go before we pay for some more lessons." I think I had to do like six. <laughs> six. We've all been through that. Yeah. yeah, I think I had to do like six months of you know like proving to them um and uh they i got given this book my dad happened to work with a load of musicians no they didn't work in the music industry at all just there's all these guys that played and it was great so i got given a few books someone came around showed me how to tune it and i remember learning all the chords around the wrong way 
Well, first of all, I had to realize I was left-handed because even though I knew I was mm. left, I was left-handed, um, like with a pen and paper and stuff, mm. I picked up the guitar, which was right-handed. And I just was convinced that it wasn't meant to be that uncomfortable. And yeah. I didn't, no one told me. So then I flipped it over, changed this, figured out that I could change the strings over and then, um, got this book, started learning a C chord. I was like, it sounds awful. And then I realized that every guitar book has got chord diagrams written for right-handed people. Um, and it's just something I had to get used to. So then I relearned the three chords or four chords that I did. And then after that, when I, when it clicked that I just have to read everything around the other way, relative to what my guitar looks like, it was fine. But yeah, it probably, I I guess, a couple of months of what, what, why is this, you know, yeah, yeah. Do your students find it difficult watching you play, or if they're right-handed, that is, or um, is, is it generally not something that gets in the way of teaching? Do you know what? It's actually, I find it harder to teach a left-handed person, because when I teach a right-handed person, it's a mirror image. That's a good point. So yeah. it's really, really easy for them to go, that's what he's doing. Sometimes it totally throws people off. Like every, I don't know, one in 10 new students will be like, you can tell their mind is just going crazy with that they're looking at someone holding a guitar around the other way to you. And they say, like, if I ask them to play, I don't know, the second fret on the thick E string, they'll go to the top E string and you're, and it just messes with their heads. But once you get it straight and you explain to them that it's a mirror image, they're like, oh, okay, it's quite nice. So you mentioned not Mark Knopfler earlier on. This is, uh, you, you'll have a unique perspective on this, I guess, right? But guitar heroes and things, grow as, as we grew up and came through the ranks, there was there was loads of them, or it seemed like there was a plethora of people to be inspired by. And, and uh, Matt, I know you're a huge Mayer fan as well, and we, we we speak often about Mayer and, mm. and, and, and his style and things, but you know, is, is the guitar hero kind of like a dying breed or do you still see kind of the younger generation coming through or, or, or even people kind of our own age uh, coming through with uh, new guitarists that they want to learn stuff from, or, or, or are we still seeing, you know, the likes of people coming to lessons and having heard their dad's music collection and wanting to play Clapton and wanting to play kind of, you know, uh, who, whoever it, it may be that that's kind of a well-known uh, guitar god from from the 80s or 90s or whatever. Yeah, it's, do you know what, I think it's a bit of both. I think, so when I was growing up, guitar music was on the radio. So it was really easy to hear cool guitar music. You know, I kind of grew up in the kind of Brit pop indie rock type thing, but I had parents who were into the Stones and, you know, we had the classic albums like Appetite for Destruction, Knocking Around the House. And, you know, so I was really aware of all that stuff. But the, the people I teach now, especially the younger kids, kind of, I find two things have happened. There's, if they get really, really, really into the guitar, they start to look for stuff. And if you go to Instagram and go to Spotify and go to YouTube, you will find the, where, where the guitar heroes live. That's where they live. You know, they're not, um, it's not, I guess, I can't think of a band, a really, really huge band that's new that has a killer, killer, like almost like, you know, the old bands like Van Halen had a lead vocalist Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a lead guitarist and they were as famous as each other. You know, that um, there's a band, I don't know, maybe Muse is a band that I think he's probably a modern day, but even they're quite an old band now, really, aren't they? I mean, like yeah, 20... they've been going a while. So... Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, Kieran, you mentioned uh, dads record collections and coming yeah. in and liking Clapton and Notfla. We're the dads now. It's, I it's know. our record collection. It's, yeah, it's John Mayer and people like that Ooh. who are your dad's record collection. That's so <laughs> changed. But yeah, I, th- so I, th- I, th- I think that. Um... The one thing I have noticed when I was at school, and I don't know if it was just the school I went to or the people I was with, it was, there was a, I liked most music, but there was a, there was music that you advertised you liked. 
you know, there was a, right. yeah. you know, you know, yeah. you were into, so I, we all really liked like pop punk and a bit of metal and a bit of, I was a, a teenager in the new metal phase. So uh-huh. we all, we all liked all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but when I, so I, when I went into guitar teaching, I naively just thought that was the way it was. And I've, over the years, I've noticed that because kids have the internet and YouTube and Spotify, sometimes they come along and they go, I really want to learn this Beatles song. And you think, oh, okay. How, and I always go, how do you know about that? Is that something mm. in mum or dad's? And they're like, no, I just found this really cool track online. And, you know, I had a kids uh, a couple of weeks ago say to me, have you heard of ELO? And I was like, well, yeah, they're a really old band. And he went, are they? You know, because he just stumbled across it, you know. So <laughs> so there's that as well. So if they're looking for That's it. That's so cool. That's, yeah. That, yeah. Well, what, what we think, I mean, this is our opinion, right? But what we think is is great music it, it can stand the test of time without somebody necessarily pointing it in or putting it in your hands. And it will still be stumbled across and people will find it uh, on their own. That's really cool. Yeah, because, well, I mean, when I was learning guitar, I had mxtabs.net. Um, and everything was wrong. Um, on the, you know, so, so, and I didn't know everything was wrong until I had started to relearn all the songs that I thought I knew correctly, you know, and then it wasn't until YouTube came along really, you know, they've got all, they've got so much more free access, Mm. cool stuff and they discover it on their own, you know, and it's weird sometimes if you say to them, this is really cool. No bad move because you've said it's cool, you know, and like, you know, it depends what kind of person you're teaching. Some people have really strong music tastes and are quite, you know, they only like this and you have to kind of, I try and broaden their horizons a little bit, but if it's what mm-hmm. they're into, that's what they're into. And sometimes you have people who just don't mind what whatever you give them is. That's correct. They're open-minded in that regard. Yeah, I do with, I do with my kid at the moment, <clears throat> which you know uh, about, um, because Matt actually teaches my, my eldest son guitar. And one of the things that I do um, is just let him go to my CD collection and just pick what, whatever he likes the look of. And, you know, it kind of creates this this kind of spiral where he kind of then once he's found something he likes, he asks for something that's kind of similar to that. And, but it's very, it's very uh, tempting for me to kind of try to force him to go, no, no, you need to listen to this. You need to educate yourself and your ear on this. Because as soon as you do that, they're kind of like, nah, that's, they haven't found that yeah. for themselves. <laughs> well, you know? I think, I think part of playing the guitar it, dep- oh, it really depends. But like, if you're a teenager and you're learning guitar, I think guitars always, ele- electric guitar has this kind of symbolism. You know, it's a bit of a freedom. It's escapism. It's mm. like everything that happened in the 60s yeah. and 70s, the electric guitar was there. And I know, I mean, a 14 year old is not thinking about all that, but they, they use it in the same way. You know, it's, if they found something they like and they love playing it, then that's their little, that's theirs. Mm-hmm. So sometimes yeah. if you, if you come in, even as a teacher or someone you've known for years and go, this guy is that good because he listened to this guy you know Mm. sometimes they're like oh cool and sometimes they're like "Mm," you know they'll get to it they'll get to it when they get to it you know they Mm -hmm. they they absolutely will um, i think that's that's an important role of a guitar teacher that probably some people forget is that you're also a host for other music as well aren't mm. you for people you help to to broad like you said broaden the horizons Mm. yeah yeah i do have a student at the moment who is just he's into one guitar player um guy called Pellini, who's probably, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, yeah, the Australian guy. He's yeah. very kind of, um, it's, it's like prog shred kind of. Yeah, and it's, re- it's really melodic and there's loads of blues, yeah. blues licks in it. There's loads of jazzy stuff in it. It's quite modal. I feel like he's pushing the guitar on a little bit but um because he plays yeah. headless guitar. Uh, he doesn't play guitars that look like guitars anymore. You know, they, it's all very cool. But he's only into this, this student. He's only into, so and we're, 
and I gave him some other stuff to learn. He's like 18. So I was like, you maybe shouldn't only learn this, you know, <laughs> but that's all he wants to do. And he's, his project for himself at the moment is he wants to learn the entire album. And I was like, well, actually that's quite a cool project. And you're not going to forget how to play an F chord just because we've done, you know, and if he's playing that kind of stuff anyway, he's already quite advanced. So sometimes it's good to go, well, let's, because it's full of technical stuff. So mm. when mm. he gets a bit older and if he decides he wants to play in a pub band or a wedding band, everything's going to feel very easy to him because he's done all that technical stuff. So, and you know, as he gets older, he'll get into other things. He just, he will, because he'll meet people that like other things and have different experiences and all that stuff. And it all goes into what you end up loving out of music, doesn't it? Yeah. And invariably, once you've kind of completed that project and you've fulfilled that goal, you're going to look for your next goal. And it will probably be something different after that. But, there, you know, there's that sense of accomplishment. I remember doing that. I remember doing that with Metallica's Black Album. In the day, I was like, I, I just want to <laughs> learn every song on this album. And uh, for the sake of everything else, for the next kind of however many months it's going to take me, I'm just going to learn every single song on this album. Um, but after that, you just go, okay, now I need to go and do something completely different. Yeah. And in itself, it's a lesson in going, right, okay, well, if I've learned an entire album that's difficult, then I can learn anything I want to learn. You know, you know, he, he, that's probably what he's going to take away from this really is although he's loving playing, playing it. I do do things with him like, right, so this bar's in nine, eight, what does that mean? And what's, you know, this lick is got all these notes in it. What chord is it? You know, you should be able to work out the chord from looking at yeah. a bunch of notes and stuff like that. So and he's quite open-minded to that. So I'm still getting the guitar teacher stuff in under the radar, you know, while he's learning this album, which is quite cool. That is great. That is great. And that's actually, those specific things you just mentioned, I feel like those things were like missed a lot of the time when I was learning guitar. And I, and I feel like I'm paying the price now for not having done that previously, for not supporting those things I wanted to learn with foundational information that's important. And it's stuff I'm really trying to work on now, trying to work on harmony. I feel like I spend all my time trying to figure out guitar solos and cool things, and I never supported it with, well, what's the harmony information underneath? Why are those choices made? Ooh. That's something I'm doing now. And you know, I've been playing guitar for 25 years. You know, that should have been with the early stuff. It's a weird one, that, because... You kind of can't give it to people until they're ready to receive it. Like that, yeah. um, that they have to want to know what the chords are underneath. Yeah, I think you know, like, but chords are king in my in my head. Like, and I didn't learn that for a long time. My my brother is a is a good is quite you know he's not quite good. He's very good piano player, and he did a jazz course. But he doesn't read. He doesn't read a note. He just he he learned piano like a guitarist would learn guitar. He knows he knows theory applied to the instrument but he's just mr mr chord mr this chord does this and it means this and through playing with him a lot and you know when he was doing this jazz course we both lived at home so he'd come home and i'd be like right i kind of did it alongside him sometimes it'd be great you just start to realize that everything you know chords come from scales but you can't really use scales limitlessly until chords running along in the background you know I think that's I think that's the, the the beauty of having a great guitar teacher, isn't it? Is uh, it's somebody that well, as we've spoken about, somebody that can tune your ear into different kinds of music and influences and kind of broaden your musical sensibilities. They can teach you the kind of fun stuff that you want to learn and the stuff that's going to keep you engaged and motivated to keep practicing and keep pushing the playing. But at the same time, they're introducing some of these things, uh, not subliminally necessarily, but just in partnership so that you're getting some good theory that they know is mm. going to stand you in good stead in years to come that you may not appreciate right in the moment because you just want to learn that lick or you just want to learn that song. 
But in later years, you'll come back to that and you'll go, oh, I'm so glad that they spent mm. the time telling me why this works in this context, because now I can reapply it in different settings. And yeah, it, yeah. That's, I think that's a really, really lovely conversation that we've had around the virtues of what a good guitar teacher will do for your playing yeah. uh, uh, over the long term, right? It's yeah. the why, isn't it? Like you said, it's, we spend our time learning how and forgetting the why. Mm-hmm. And that's a good guitar teacher like you, Matt, is you're, you're remembering to reinforce the why we play yeah. things and not just how. Absolutely. You do sometimes get a bit of pushback, you know, like sometimes it, it's, it's every now and again with someone who's, I guess I'm speaking about people who've decided that they really like it, whether they're going to do it professionally or not is another matter, but they, they like it enough to want to know how it works. So sometimes, yeah, you kind of have to gauge them. If, if you can tell it's the day they've had a long day at school or exams and stuff like that, it's like, right, should we just rock out and learn something? <laughs> and then if you catch them in a, in a you know, because information won't go in when people don't want to, if they're not feeling up for it. So, and then you sometimes cut ties. You go, right, we're going to do a, this lesson is going to be theory, but we're going to use that last song that we, that we were looking at and we're just going to take it apart and discover what you know and it's hard isn't it because sometimes these guitar the guitarists you don't know how much theory the guitarist who wrote all this amazing stuff knew in the first place true so you don't but it's still a good exercise to to deconstruct it you know and uh put it back together again yeah that was my defense for many years is like i know the guitarist (laughs) who wrote who 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 composed this didn't have that level of theory but that's that is a bit of a that is an excuse to yourself really to to yeah i think so and i think also if something's quite complicated or got a funny note in it the chance the chances are that that guitar player who recorded it, if he didn't know what specifically what the f- musical function he was using was, he definitely worked out that he wanted to put that note over that chord. You know, yeah. You know, he definitely sat down and went, right, I think there's that, is it the run in Sweet Child of Mine? It's like harmonic minery, you know, it's over mm-hmm. an E chord. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah. And, and yeah he, the, and he the major seven over the minor chord. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, well, he must have known something about it. You know, yeah. whether whether it was like he could tell you and teach it to you, that's a different thing. But he definitely came across that type of scale and messed around with it enough to know how to use it. It's it's interesting, isn't it? It's it's kind of you're right, Kieran, when you said you know you know that the the influence you have didn't know all of this information, so why should you have it? But nobody ever says to you, well, imagine how good you could be if you did. You know, you're getting you're getting this good without that information. Let's let's listen to some guitar players who who do know this information. Look at Steve Vai, you know, he knows it all. Yeah, and, and it's at his fingertips. It's, he's like the way that somebody like him can can improvise and play guitar. It's the same way that we're able to talk and have a conversation. I'm not thinking about this sentence before I say it. It's coming out because I know it's, you know, the, the ability to converse is at my fingertips. And, and you listen to Steve Vai play guitar and he can play that well because he has that ability to take that knowledge and just apply it immediately. And sometimes you just need to remind people, I think, well, think how good you can be if you did know this stuff. It might be boring now, but yeah. It's, it's yeah. And I think, I, and I think part of, I guess part of my job is to find ways to deliver that without it being a slog, you know, I think, yeah. you know, it's different. If you're going to places <laughs> like ACM or going to like BIM or you've chosen to study it, you have to suck it up. You know, you've, you've chosen to be there and they're going to teach you theory. But before you get to that point, it's not for, sometimes it gets a bit scary for people. They kind of think, well, it's only a hobby. I don't, you know, I don't know if I need to know all this stuff. So if you kind of sneak it in and just be, I, I'm just quite conversational about it. And I ask them questions a, a lot, my students. 
because it's a good way of testing what they think about how they kind of have conceptualized an idea, you know, because we all have slightly different different ways of mapping stuff out in our heads, don't we? So yeah, so it's quite a cool thing to do, really. So as well as kind of theory and, and obviously teaching and, <clears throat> you know, the different functions of music and, and how that relates to a guitar, as a guitar teacher, do you find yourself getting involved in discussions around the instrument itself and gear and what they need to, to, to play and perform and, and being asked lots of different questions around the instrument itself from a technical perspective, oh, yeah. a gear perspective. Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that half, half of it? Yeah. Some of the yeah. Conversations? Yeah. As they, again, as they kind of, so when a beginner, I normally end up on the phone to the parent kind of, because the thing I've learned over the years is if no one's ever played guitar in that family and they say they have a guitar, you have a kind of 50, 50 chance of it being the thing that's going to make them give up guitar or the thing that's going to mm. make them carry on. Um, so I just always now give them a call and go, right, what, especially from at school, because at school you don't get to meet the parents until parents' evening or so I try and stay in contact with them. So yeah, the, the gear thing is starts there where you go, right, buy this guitar. You know, I've got a list of like guitars that aren't super expensive, like under a hundred quid type thing. <laughs> because, you know, there's that whole thing to think about as well. Are they going to carry yeah. on all that kind of thing? And then as they get better, yeah, the first electric guitar and I, and all that and pedals. And it's normally the first electric guitar. Then, then it's a pedal and then it's an amp. Um, it's really weird because if I was to go back and do it, I'd buy a really good amp first. And then I might buy a pedal and then I'd probably just get my guitar set up. But the, the guitar is the shiny bit and, and, yeah, it's, yeah. and, and it's the exciting it's the bit. bit. You were. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the exciting bit as well. And I think that's why. So I normally end up going with them and going, right, Let why don't we go to a guitar shop? We'll spend an hour or so choosing something. I don't try to tell them what to buy, you know, just something that isn't going to fall apart. My, my, my first guitar teacher did the same thing with me mm. and went with me and my dad. And uh, it was invaluable to see somebody who not only knew the instruments because we didn't know them, but was able to speak to people in the guitar shop and, and also kind of be a, be a buffer to anybody who might be trying to hoodwink you into <laughs> spending money on something that was, that was, you know, useless. Yeah. Well, they can be quite, I think when you, it's like anything, isn't it? Like, I don't know if I was to walk into a golf club right now, I'd probably feel quite intimidated because I don't know anything about it. I don't have the right clothes. I don't yes. have the right speak. I don't know anything. So I always feel like it's quite nice to go with them if you can. Um, and choose stuff. And then, yeah, uh, over Christmas, I had emails about dirt pedals, loop pedals, um, leads, straps, you know, what, you know, what strings does so-and-so use on his guitar? Cause I need to, so all that stuff. So I do find myself kind of going, right. Yeah. Try this, try that, try that. Have, have fashions changed and things or, or are kids, uh, you know, are kids still into the same kind of guitars? Cause the choice now is, is, is amazing as, as to what you get. And, um, yeah. I dare say the guitars that, that people play of any any age range are kind of influenced by what they're kind of listening to and the artists they aspire to. So, what what, what have you seen in terms of what, what 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 guitars are people into at the moment that come come to lessons with you? Is it the, well, I, is it the stuff that we would expect them to see, or is there some some weird and wonderful things that are coming up these days? So, again, when they're kind of beginners, or maybe before, like you know, leaving the world of their nylon strung acoustic and getting their first electric, say, um, you're talking still Squires, Pacific. If they've got the budget, I always say to them, if you can afford a Yamaha Pacifica, go for it because it'll never, it won't let you down. Um, <laughs> You've um, made Matt Oliver very yeah. happy with that. <laughs> we did, a, did we do like a whole episode oh, on Yamaha yeah, Pacificas at one point? <laughs> It was like my number one and number two choice in my under 300 quid Yeah, I remember listening to that. 
Um, so yeah, but the squires, and then obviously, then there's different. There, there's like I think there's like a bullet strap, which is cheaper is, than a yeah. normal one, and um, and then there's some cheaper Epiphones that probably fall into the same bracket as the Pacifica. Um, I try and get them to go for things that. Well, again, I try not to influence too much, but those things are reliable. Um, and it, and then then it's interesting because when they are on to their their three or four hundred pound guitar, that's when they kind of feel more confident. I found they they'll they'll go and do it on their own. You know, they they're aware of all the big brands and they're mm. aware. You know, they've probably had that initial shock we all get where we go, oh, what Gibsons are more than a thousand pounds? Okay, I can't have one of them. <laughs> right? Okay, like you know, when you first find out that <laughs> instruments, I remember thinking guitars were just always going quite cheap, and then I went to a guitar shop when I was like fourteen. I was like, oh no, they're they're really not. You know, so um, yeah. so PRS is though popular in the kids I teach. Uh, really, really, yeah. So like. You can well, get... Matt, Matt, he teaches at some very prestigious schools, you see. So, <laughs> oh, <okay. yeah. laughs> no, but like, okay, so so let me just background this a little bit. So I'm talking about the kind of kids that's got into it and has maybe saved up some money, maybe got some Christmas money, some birthday money. Because you can get like a 300, no, maybe 400 to 500 quid, which, yeah, I guess is a gigging instrument by that point. Yeah, but yeah. but um, it's kind of the next step if you don't want an epiphone and you don't want a strat obviously people still like strats they still like tellies still like um les paul stuff sg stuff Mm. the next thing that's different i guess is something like a prs or um i get uh, i think vintage do stuff in that kind of price bracket as well um and then um what was one i saw the other day someone turned up with a you know i can't remember it no it's gone but it was oh chap you know chapman have you heard the chapman guitars so the guys that like the guys that like rock and like heavy, so there's a quite a good range of those that are different looking, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're a stone's throw from Anderton, so it's probably you know yeah typ- typifies of what people have got in the local guitar shop that represents good value for money and is is decently built. If you if you kind of like that kind of thing, and the PRS thing, I'm seeing more of that at the moment as well as a kind of trend with with players. And I think that goes back to something you said earlier, which was around uh, YouTube and people accessing YouTube. I see a lot of online. Mm. Uh, guitarists that are kind of advocating the PRS as that that guitar that really just um, is versatile, but also has the kind of quality and finish and feel that they that they love to just you know to play on. Um, and, they're, and they're, they're pretty as well, you know. Cause, I mean, yeah. I, I, a lot of the thing like so now that like, I definitely, I mean, it's probably we've had this conversation, Kieran, a lot. But being a left-handed guitarist, when I was buying guitars, I had the choice of a black or a sunburst strap. That, that was it, you know. Now that's not really the case, and you know they walk into these guitar shops and they're like, "Oh my god!" And they like it's a, it's as much about how it looks as how it sounds at that point as well. So yeah. PRSs are beautiful at any trim level, you know. They are just beautiful, you know. So I'd love a PRS. I've got one. Do you know what? I, I, one. I swapped one for a Strat. I put a Strat on Reverb thinking I need some money and this guy messaged me going, well, I haven't got any money, but I've got this PRS um, and it's worth about the same kind of money. And I was like, well, I don't really like PRSs. And I was like, well, I've never had one. So I swapped it. And now I just can't believe I haven't owned one before. Like it is the most comfortable guitar and it's it never goes out of tune. It do, it's got a floating bridge, but when I drop D it, it doesn't, the rest of it stays in tune. It's just, 
It's a really, 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 I mean, it might slip a little bit, but it's nothing like my Strat, which is like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's just everywhere. My Strat's the same. If I try and tune, even just changing strings on my Strat, tuning it back up takes about, well, about four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, they're just really good guitars. Kieran's, Kieran's looking at me now saying, you're doing something wrong, you guys. <laughs> There's a technique that we don't know about. No, I, technicians. I, no, you know what? Um, I was thinking, I was listening as you guys were talking out, and the first thing that I thought was, uh, Matt's PRS is one, one guitar that, of his that I, ha- I haven't ever set up. And that says something to me, which mm. is that it, it behaves itself, right? Cause oftentimes, Matt, you bring me guitars where you're like, mm, this needs some work and there's yeah, something yeah. not right about it or whatever. And then the other thing I was thinking of, of course, we know PRS as a company finish and fit their guitars really nicely, but something inherent in the design of it as well, I think lends itself to that. So it's no great secret that they looked at, you know, the, the, the kind of S-style guitars, the Strats, they looked at the Les Pauls as they were, as, as Paul Reed was developing these guitars and tried to resolve some of the issues that exist with, with those guitars in terms of, you know, neck pitch and, and scale lengths and just some of the ways in which the guitar is constructed to help resolve some of the issues that inherently, you know, makes them less stable and things. So the PRS itself, I think, has uh, tried to improve on some of those designs and even like the Harley Benton style PRS that I've got. I'm just amazed at how well it stays in tune and behaves itself considering, you know, it's an inexpensive guitar, but yeah. I, we're, this hour is getting ahead of us and I've got so many more questions I want to ask you, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we've got time for a couple, a couple more things. Uh, so uh, one thing I want to ask you as, as a guitar teacher is, is for our audience, what, what's your top kind of tip that you would kind of advocate if someone is really trying to get better at guitar what, what what do you what do you think your kind of advice would be to somebody that irrespective of, of, of skill and experience level but you know to, to to help them you know break out of a rut or just improve so play super regularly it's not always about volume of time probably at different stages in your playing if you're a beginner you just need to play every day like if you play every day you'll break down all the bridges all the all the all the walls that get in the way chord changing picking you know and then as you get better choose stuff be active in you want to do you know although having a guitar teacher will help you be part of the process that goes right well I'd love to be able to do that and then if that's too difficult well, well how do I get there you know learn as many songs as you can on your own like if you do stuff on your own as well as if you have a guitar teacher obviously you know try and follow what they've figured out for you learning your own stuff is it just accelerates it like independent learning is the key you know but you know when you're frustrated put it down go and do something else come back later you know but don't don't practice so long and so hard feeling like you're getting nowhere to make that makes you just want to you know cry because we've all had yeah. that you know it's just like so you just yeah but but the thing is regular you got to do it you got to do it it's just there is no way around um it, it's it can be a, an amazing but truly frustrating instrument at times as well so you just have to keep plugging away at it um one thing i get people to do when they're frustrated is I'm like film yourself playing something don't stop just film yourself put it in your phone forget about it put a note in your diary for like six months time to remind you to watch the video if you have practiced every day every other day there will be an improvement and you will look at it go oh, i can't believe i did couldn't do that you will you need to self assess i think i'm i'm going to do that i feel very inspired to do that now yeah. that you've mentioned it what a great i've tip. never done that yeah, yeah i do it. I, I, I only started doing it 
personally, in the past, I don't know, probably about five years ago, I heard someone say, and I just film little, I mean, I put them on that WhatsApp group mainly because it's easier for me to, so every now and again, a video of me will be on the WhatsApp group playing guitar. It's mainly so I can come back to it and go, right, have I nailed it yet? You know. Is this the uh, the Meat Rum and Music Committee? <laughs> yes, it's, okay, it fantastic. is. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> we need to get you on to it, Matt. Oliver. Yeah, Matt, you need, to, you need to join. <laughs> you need to join. And, and lastly, before we close cool. today, um, we've sadly run out of time today, but you know what? I, I, I dare say we're going to have you back uh, because we've got a whole bunch of other Absolutely. questions that I'd love mm. to talk to you. No, I'd love to, to come you back. about. Um, and as someone I speak to regularly, you you always have such a wonderful philosophy on guitar, and you've helped me personally at so many points. Um, not not by being my guitar teacher, but being like a mentor in some ways. When I get stuck with something, or when I'm having kind of like a a nervous breakdown about a piece of theory, you always have this way of just kind of grounding me and going, "Well, look, we're all on our journey. We're all kind of going through this together." And 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 here's how to think about it. And there's been so many times where I've just gone, you know what, he's right. And I've gone back and 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 thought, oh, I'm going to try it in a different way. So even that little bit, little bit of advice you've given us yeah. today around record yourself and then have a look at it in a few months' time, um, and you will feel proud of of, of what you've achieved. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. If you, yeah, if you, obviously, you could be very disappointed if you don't do any practice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, um, so it does it can backfire but you have to make sure yeah. you do the practice um but yeah i think i guess the one thing this is a bit you know airy fairy i guess but it's not the result i for me i've realized over the years that every time i'm chasing results it's not that's not what does it for me it's it's a lifetime thing if it's uh it's something that you have to enjoy the journey as much as the getting to the destination really because the better you get you realize there isn't a destination it's endless it's just yeah. absolutely <laughs> endless so you know i think that's the key really and getting people to understand that in a positive way you know is yes. is, is a good thing yeah what wise words mate what wise words now lastly before we before we wrap up today um i, I i'll be i'll be told off if i don't ask you this question because it's becoming legendary but is it true that you found a fender basement in a skip well <laughs> Yeah, kind of, it is kind of true. I was I was talking to the guys that we had a band practice of the day, and they were like, "Was it really in the skip?" And I don't know. I, it was it was heading for the skip. It was definitely on the way to the bin. Um, there was a skip. There was a skip in this guy's drive. It was my cousin, my wife's cousin. His dad played bass in this big band, and he had this bass man, and it was like propped up against it or something. It was a long time ago, and I just said to him, "What are you doing with that?" He's like, "It was going to the bin." And I was like, "Why?" It's like. A really old bass. He's like, I don't care about it. I don't. I don't play it. I don't. You know, he bought it new for probably like hardly anything. And I was like, yeah. it's really cool. So I, he said, well, do you want to buy it? And I looked up how much it was worth. And I think at the time they were probably worth like two hundred quid. And I'd had fifty or something. And he said, well, you know, it's going in the bin. So give me what you can have. What you got? And it sat for about ten years doing nothing. I finally got it last year. I think I got a guy to sort it sort it all out. And it's a beautiful, beautiful amp. Oh, I can testify to that. You sent me a video of you playing mm. it the other day and I just wrote back and I went, it is that sound. It is, yeah. just, <laughs> it is just epic. It's just epic. And you actually included at the beginning of your video before you started playing a very, in true style it, uh, for yourself, a very humble and, and kind of grounding statement, which was something along the lines of, um, I think amp modelling and... Uh, and, 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 and all of those, I think amp modeling and all of those kind of things have come a very long way, but, but still they've got a way to go. And then, and then I heard you play <laughs> the Fender basement with your strat and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can only get that sound in one way. Can't you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only issue with it is it weighs the same as a bus, you know, so oh, it's, yeah. 
So it lives at my house and I play it. If I have a big gig or an open air thing that I'm going to be at all day, I'll take it. But the rest of the time, it's just a nice thing to have, really. Well, it's been, what a pleasure it's been having you on, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Absolute delight. Absolute delight. We'll have you back again soon to talk more about about guitar teaching, about uh, how you've changed your business model during COVID. I think that's a, that's an entire subject that could inspire our audience to, to kind of really look upon, upon yeah. what's happened over, over lockdown and get some inspiration from, from what you've done, which is, 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 is frankly adapt, change and thrive in this, in this, in this last year. And I'm, mm. I'm so proud of you and the way you've done that. But no, oh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to speak to you. So look, um, we'll, we'll speak to you again soon. And, uh, and yeah, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you so Cheers, much, Matt. Guys. Thank you very much. Nice to see you all. See you all soon. Cheers. Bye. Take care, Cheers. Bye. Well, that was another super fun conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it. Remember to come over to our social media pages, tell us what you think, um, ask us some questions, come and say hello, anything at all, share some information with us, give us ideas for podcasts that you'd like to hear and subjects that you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. And uh, brilliant. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.